It's time to break the mold of what you've been taught your entire adult life. Welcome to Happily Ever Employed. A career is a business, and you should run it like a business. Every episode of Happily Ever Employed will teach you just how to focus on how to do that. We'll interview everybody, from people trying to figure it out to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. This is Happily Ever Employed. And this is Deetra Giles. Hello, 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 everyone. And I am so excited to have Marjorie Powell on with us today. When you talk about embodying what it means to be an employeepreneur, she is it. She is the essence of understanding that you are a multi-billion dollar product and your career is a part of that organization. She understands how to navigate her career like an entrepreneur to the benefit of her organization because it is a relationship. It's not just about you advancing. It's about you advancing while that company also advances. And so I want to introduce Marjorie to you all. She is the powerhouse that is the senior vice president and chief HR officer at AARP. And y'all... I got my AARP car in the mail the other day, and you don't even understand the level of excitement I had when I considered all of the potential discounts that were coming my way. So Marjorie, welcome. Just really quickly introduce yourself to the Happily Ever Employed audience. Well, thank you, Deetra. That was a wonderful introduction. Um, I am just your um, everyday person who loves to help people. I love to help people find their passion and live their passion and, and their work and everything that they do. So I have a lot of fun doing that. I call myself uh, the builder of living that passion. Um, uh, you know, as long as I can find that in a play, that's how I like to introduce myself because I love my job. I love what I do and I put a lot of enthusiasm behind it. And it, it comes out in everything you do. I've seen you speak. I've seen you work with employees. I've seen you interact with everyday people volunteering. And it just simply comes out in your essence. And so when you think about how you've really navigated your career, because you've been from higher ed, the academia environment at University of Maryland, you've been in quasi-corporations like NPR, and now you're at AARP. How have you truly decided to be intentional about navigating your career? Well, I think the most important for me, was what, what was most important for me was to make sure that wherever I was, I was making a difference. So I was intentional on trying to find the right organizations that had a mission and that were mission driven. And so if you look at that thread, every place I've ever worked has really been a non-for-profit or a private type non-for-profit that has a social mission and that is making an impact in the community and making an impact in the world. That's one of the things that you have to find out about when you are an entrepreneur or an employeepreneur in this case, someone who loves to work for other people, but you are still an entrepreneur and you're going to protect your brand and get out there and make sure that you get your value and your worth is to look for what gives you that drive and that passion and then to do that faithfully to yourself, unapologetically, but make sure you do that. And so that's why I chose all those different organizations. And uh, it was because it feeds my soul 
for the kind of person that I am who likes to give back. So I absolutely love that because one of the things we talk about, just like an entrepreneur, you have to decide what does this company stand for? Yes. As an employee, you have to do the same. What do I stand for? And oftentimes we find out that people are disgruntled with their employer because at some point in the process, they realize we don't stand for the same things. Yes. At what point in your career did you decide, listen, as a professional, I stand for these people that are doing a social work and that's what I'm going to seek out. When did you decide that for yourself in your career? Well, I think um, I didn't really come to that realization early on um, because I was so young when I you know, started my career. I think I kind of gradually realized that that was what I needed. And that also helped me understand when it was time for me to seek another uh, opportunity or when other opportunities were presented to me, whether or not I was ready to move from one organization to another. And it was because when you get to that point of figuring out, are we still on the same page? I always try to tell people that when you're interviewing, you know, and you're out there in your job search, you're interviewing that company just as much as they're interviewing you, but you actually have to do the interviewing harder. So one of the great reasons why um, I chose AARP was because I was already a big fangirl of AARP before I got there. I knew how AARP worked uh, as far as all the impact and the work that it does in the community and in the world, being a thought leader globally even. But I also knew personally how I benefited from it because I was too in a caregiving situation um, with my mother, with my two uncles at one point. And I was too young at that time to become a uh, member, but I used their resources to help guide us through their caregiving and for them to recover and to also be able to get back independent. And that was how I fell in love with that organization. So when that opportunity presented itself, I knew that it would be a good fit for me on that level. And then going through the, you know, the interview process, I also asked all the other questions about is it going to be a good right fit for me culturally? Um, will it fit my need where I am in my career right now? You know, as far as the level that I am and the kind of work that I'd like to do. And also, I wanted to make sure that I would be able to have and sow good relationships in that organization as well. And it fit and it ticked every one of those boxes. And I'm so happy for it. And, and I love how you outlined, these are the things that I was looking for. Because one of the things we talk about in being an employeepreneur, just like an entrepreneur, you realize every client isn't my client. Exactly. You know, just because they want what I offer doesn't mean we're a good fit for each other. And we have to be very mindful of yeah. making sure we're putting ourselves in the place where we can truly excel. And you've done that at AARP. How have you really come in as employeepreneur and push the envelope with the organization? Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of those things. But I want to go back for a minute because there was something that you said that really resonated. And this is a conversation I think we have to have with ourselves. Sometimes you also have to be okay with that as an entrepreneur, that that business relationship that you have with that particular employer is meant for a purpose and a point in time. I think sometimes employees get stuck in thinking that I have to stay here, even though they realize that this no longer works for them, but the organization is saying, no, this is what we want. 
And then, they're, you know, so they go in that back and forth. And so I talk to a lot of employees about that because then they don't want to hear the conversation. Well, this is the work that we need here in this organization, but yet you want to do this. We have a disconnect. This is the opportunity that of the time that you take as an individual and say, well, now I think my time here is ended and that's okay. I'm going to go someplace else because I have this wealth of talent and these gifts I can use in another organization. You just preached an entire sermon. I'm like, pass the collection plate, give the benediction. <laughs> because that a lot of times we have that, and we both seen it being in that HR arena where both people have outstayed their welcome, where yeah. organizations don't recognize positions have a shelf life, and we're not going to keep this person forever. Right. And then the employee realizing, I can't stay here forever, even leaders. Mm -hmm. I remember when I left one position, I was so excited mm -hmm. that one of my employees actually interviewed and received my position mm -hmm. but I realized it's time for me to go because no one else can advance no one can move up until I leave it's their turn my turn exactly. is up exactly and so like every position every organization that I worked for they were awesome and I love them and I still have really rich uh, relationships with those organizations and the people and I still support them all the time but the problem was is that for me, it was time for me to grow. It was time for me to go. And when I hit that ceiling, it was like, okay, I did what I came here to do. Now it's time for me to go on and do that elsewhere. And so you have to know that. But then you, you asked another question and uh, go back for me on that a little bit more. No worries. So one of the things, my pet peeves is when I see people in their bobbleheads, I'm like, stop bobbleheading. But you are hitting so many points that I feel like a little bobblehead in the back of a car over here. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, yes. <laughs> She's hitting all of it. And so the other question I asked was really about your employeepreneur journey at yeah. AARP because yeah. you all are doing some amazing yeah. things. I remember when you all did the town hall not too long ago about the impact of COVID because we, what we know is particularly women, but yeah. the, this age group is going to be heavily impacted yeah. by the economic impact of COVID on corporations. Yeah. And I love the town hall so much so that I called my mother, who's an occupational therapist yeah. and said, you have to listen to what they're saying on mm -hmm. this town hall, put your patients off for an hour and get on this town hall. So tell us about what you're doing over at AARP and how your employeepreneur journey is progressing there. Yeah, well, we're doing so many wonderful things. At the center of everything that AARP does is innovation. That's mm -hmm. the wonderful thing about it. They're very, this is a very innovative organization and we love that. We love breeding great ideas in our workforce and also encouraging that. So we are doing so many things, like you said, with the uh, response to COVID and making sure that we're ready, we're positioned, we're, we're out there. We're making sure that not only our members, but others also have that information because like our founder said, what we do for one, we do for all. So that's what's important. So we are gonna serve our 50 plus demographic, but we wanna make sure that everything is relevant for others who are in need as well, okay? So that's one of the wonderful things. We also are looking at the job situation for that demographic. So we have a wonderful working jobs program um, that I don't think a lot of people, well, a lot of people do know about, but I want more to know about, particularly because of this entrepreneurial spirit that I have and the employeepreneurial spirit I have. People don't realize that when people in the 50 plus category, when they decide to leave their main adventure, they're actually going on 
to yet another adventure. Mm -hmm. People don't retire like they used to, okay? It's about going from one journey to the next. And we support that, okay? Because you have so many more years of vitality, you know, that you can continue to give and, and, and contribute. It doesn't mean that once I leave this particular job that I won't continue going to give in some other capacity. So they're opening small businesses, okay? They're going into other careers. They're doing all those wonderful things. And so at AARP, we have partnerships with like Encore.org um, that we are looking at um, individuals who are in the 50 plus community who want to start a new journey. And we are encouraging them to not only sign up for Encore.org, but also to become an Encore Fellow. So we have individuals, yeah, like Harriet Cole, who is doing, has done some uh, town halls for us. She actually just did an interview with uh, Felicia Rashad uh, this past week on um, the AARP Black Community uh, webpage. So you can go back and look at that. And she's one of our Encore Fellows, one of our first, and we're going to be having more. So we have things like that. We have the Work and Jobs uh, portal that, that faces the outward community. And that's for individuals in the 50 plus community to look for jobs. I think we have something like uh, probably about two or 3,000 jobs posted in there that are looking for individuals uh, to bring their skills and talents to various organizations. Now that's not for jobs at AARP, even though we of course hire of all age demographics um, too, and we really do like to try to hire as, as well from the 50 plus demographic. But this is for any organization who wants to post their jobs there and are looking for people who want to restart, uh, just take a different direction or go into another career. And on that site, there's also resources on getting your resume ready, um, how to get ready for video um, interviews, because in this age of COVID, that's what we're doing now. We're still hiring people in the vir virtually and actually starting them, onboarding them in the virtual world. So how do you prepare for that um, when you're not used to it? You're used to in-person conversation. So we have all of that out. Resume reviewing, resume workshops, all of that information is out there for those individuals who are going on to that next stage. So Marjorie, first of all, this is amazing. And I don't know why it's not on the cover of everything, because what, all, what you said is so profound. Retirement isn't what it used to be. In my mind, I have my great grandma retiring who left her job of 40 years and just sat around the house. When you retire at 65, you have a good 40 plus years left of activity. You have 70 and 80 year olds who are active. My father-in-law turned 95, I think, yesterday mm -hmm. and he still we have to tell him dad you probably shouldn't be driving <laughs> but you blink your eyes too hard <laughs> he's behind the wheel he's cognizant he's moving around mm -hmm. and these this population has so much to offer so the idea that you're saying hey you can be an employeepreneur well past retirement yeah. is so important not just to them the population but to the workforce because to they everyone. are leaving with tons of knowledge. Exactly. Tons of knowledge and skill. You know they're tried and true because they have this wonderful dossier behind them and they can do anything. And, and one of, another cool thing that AARP has, and I have two more things for you on that one. One, ask your dad to try our driver safety program. You'll see that in the magazine. <laughs> so he can do that and get extra benefits and points too, okay? I just wanna make sure you know that. 
And then two, you need to make sure that you understand that we have the number one magazine, the most read magazine in the country. Hey, yeah, that's right. Over People Magazine, we have that four or five years running. So we are on the top there, most read magazine. So that's wonderful. Okay. I I absolutely love this. And one of the things we tell employeepreneurs is it's important to know the available resources. So to know, hey, I just wrote down when you said that Encore.com, I'm thinking, wait, what? Encore.org. Mm -hmm. .org. Yeah. I wrote it down, Encore.org, and I'm going to shoot out that driver safety program. <laughs> because well, that is... so much at ARP. We do some of everything, and we're there. We're where the community needs us most and what they're asking for, we deliver, we do. And that's why I'm so excited. I'm just so giddy about being a part of this wonderful organization. And that's what drives me every day to be able to help this wonderful workforce do this important work. I and love it. All those, all those volunteers we have, you know, uh, come on, you know, uh, it's just wonderful. What I love about it is one of the things we talked about, talk about in the employee and you've heard me tell my story about the bull riding story and that everyone deserves to have their bull riding experience. And what, that's what every employeepreneur is searching for, that place where they can go and say, I would rather do this than anything else. I would rather be a part of what this is producing than to be a part, of, no matter the money, the status, I want to be here doing this. And when you talk about what's going on at ARP, you can see that it, you can see the shine, you can hear it in your voice. And that's what every employeepreneur is searching for. How do you make sure as an employeepreneur that you're getting that? Because you have it, 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 it comes across okay. in everything you say and do. You can yeah, see. Well, I think again, it's like, um, do your research, make sure you're out there looking at what the company has to offer for you. I think a lot of times they, uh, most, most employees, they look at, okay, the title, the salary, you know, what are the level of benefits? When we're looking for talent at AARP, we want people who are coming to us for the mission. And that's what we tell people. We want you to come here because you have such a hunger and such a drive for the mission of what it is we do, because we are really there for the mission, okay? We're gonna make sure that we pay you you know, fair and equitably for the marketplace and what the job and the work is worth. We're going to do that. I'm going to make sure that's already baked in, okay? But I need to know that you're going to be here with us to drive the mission of the organization because I want to make sure that our workforce is all going in the same direction. We're all on the same page and we're doing what we need to do. So when our CEO, CEO Joanne Jenkins, says, hey, I want you to turn right, I want you to turn left, I've already thought about it two steps ahead, and I got those people ready to go when she says, ready, set, go, <laughs> okay? So it's important for us to be ahead of the game and to be out there, and that's that entrepreneurial, that's that innovative spirit, and that's that heart that we have as a part of our core values um, at AARP. Um, and I think that's what people should look for. I really honestly believe that you have to do that and not be afraid to turn down a job because it's not showing you that. I love it. And I, one thing you said that I absolutely love, and it, I think I don't want people to miss how important it is to being a successful employeepreneur. Mm -hmm. You mentioned before your CEO, who I love seeing on these latest commercials coming through. I'm like, oh my gosh, she looks so amazing in these commercials. Um, 
But by the time she mentions it, you're already two steps ahead, making sure that people are ready to move. How do you strategically do that as an employeepreneur? Because it's so important, because essentially as an employeepreneur, she is your client. Yes, she How is. do you make sure you remain that step ahead, already anticipating what are the needs going to be for my client so mm-hmm. I can always remain that employeepreneur of choice? You have to learn the business. And so one of the things that I try to do with my entire team is make sure that we know the business. So we are out there talking to the leaders in each of the business units and knowing what their priorities are. We've looked at those priorities and we've aligned our priorities up to support them to make sure it goes all the way up to what the CEO's priorities are for the organization. And that's what's key. So whenever those are out, I would design them and already set that expectation for my team. And then we go out and we learn and we educate ourselves on what does it mean? What does it mean to be successful? What does success look like by talking to those individuals? And what does it mean for HR to be successful in supporting that business initiative or that business objective and goal to completion, to success, to not only get it to the goal, to help make it surpass the goal. So that's what's really truly important. And that means, being humble. You know, I always tell my team that, hey, they're Diana, we're the Supremes, okay? <laughs> you know, okay, I'm, I'm from Michigan, you know I gotta have a Motown reference, okay? That's Detroit, that's the D, okay? So you have to be the Supremes. You gotta be behind the group because behind the, the star and make sure that she's showing up well. And that's what happens. And you see what happens when everybody try to get in front of Diana. Right? Okay. Right, they get gone. <laughs> Diana had a career that just took off, right? Because, you know, you have to make sure that you're being a good Supreme. And, and so the Supremes are just as important because they're harmonizing and they've got that base, they got that platform for that Diana to really sing from and project from. But that's our role, is to be there, be the Supremes, be the background, make sure that works, make sure it flows, and then allow them to shine. Oh my God. You said, make sure that you are a good Supreme. I am going to get that put on a shirt (laughs) because you know, we constantly, you know, I often I go into corporations and they hire us to come in and do training and all this other stuff. And everybody calls Deidre, executive prep. Can you all come in and do leadership training? And my first question is, do your people know how to follow? Yeah. Followership is so important. Um, And I think a lot of people um, don't get it. Right now it's the buzz term, but I think we have to investigate what it means. And you also have to identify what it means within your organization to have followership. Because then sometimes you can have a conflict between that and also um, making sure that the employees know uh, that they have a voice and they have an opportunity to be creative and be innovative. Letting people have a voice to put forth ideas doesn't mean that they're not following you. Followership is when you're able to allow for people to grow and project the ideas that they have that they want to put up. And whether the answer is yes, no, maybe, not yet, not now, you know, when we're ready, it's allowing that to happen. And the followership will will come with that when you're able to take those ideas and cultivate them into being and acknowledge that those people who have those gifts and talents that came up with the ideas are a part of that journey. And I think that that's what's so important with that followership 
that everyone wants to talk about now is how do you get that? How do you get people to get behind you and to do it? And you have to be able to show them what that vision is and you have to allow that that safe place for people to fail. And, and it, that's so, that part about allowing people to fail is so important and we miss it. And like you said, it's followership is the new sexy thing now. Yeah. But I'm like, go past this, this appearance of it and it's sounding good, what are we really saying? What we're really saying is everybody can't be Diana. Yes, exactly. Okay if you're a Supreme, <laughs> be the best Supreme. The Supremes didn't miss out on any meals. They got paid well. <laughs> yes, and then some of the Supremes went on to have their own careers, you know, mm -hmm. and that's important. You don't have to do it. I mean, you know, you look at a lot of uh, people who have done that, you know. Um, I looked at, at some, like, recording artists, you know, I think, which it, Kenneth, Kenneth Edmund, Babyface. He Absolutely. loves to write music more than um, putting his own workout and singing, but he does do his own albums sometimes. But he loves to write. He loves to produce for other people. That's his, his passion, and he does it very well. And look, one of the most successful producers with the broadest catalog out there that known to mankind. Absolutely. You know, exactly. And so, you know, that's the wonderful thing. Be okay with doing your part. Be okay with your role. And what I, one thing I want to go back to what you said that I think is so important, and I want us to explore this a little bit more, is you mentioned the key to your success as an employeepreneur yeah. was knowing the business. Yeah. And I think we miss that. And I, I tell people, and I used to say this all the time when I was in a corporate, I am not an HR person that knows, I'm a business person that knows HR. Like I am a business woman first because the company is hiring me to ensure the business, yeah. not this. Now my area of it happens to be the people and human resources, but I'm a business woman first. Speak to how you were able to wrap your mind around that and how you live it on a daily basis, being a business woman that does HR. I, I think that came early in my um, employment journey um, when I was uh, at Michigan State. And I was uh, probably, I don't know, maybe might have been one of the youngest uh, you know, assistant deans at that time. And I was learning higher ed, okay? Um, I went to the then provost, who ended up becoming president, uh, Luanna Simon. And I asked her, I said, can you teach me um, how the university gets its funds, how it gets its revenue. I don't understand that, you know. And she sat down and she taught me exactly how all the money comes into the university, you know, how it's earmarked, what happens, how, you know, gifts and grants, what comes with the general revenue, what comes from the state, all those different things. And from there, I went around and I started learning, okay, well, then that means the athletic departments is mostly revenue producing. And that means that all the money that usually comes from the state is usually going to the infrastructure for academic, the academic programs and the tuition is going to pay for this. And this is what's happening with this and the gifts and grants. And it made more sense to me. And then in the meetings, you know, in board meetings and all that, then you start to be able to pick up the other pieces and put those things together. Then I learned how to take that piece of it once I started learning how the business runs, you know. And, you know, AARP is like this, too. We have a very complex structure. We're the largest not-for-profit in the, you know, country. You know, offices in all 50 states, Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. And, you know, 
it's complex in that regard that there's no other really organization out there quite like it in the not-for-profit space. Um, and so making sure that I understood how it works, how AARP services work, how our foundation works, how the parent AARP runs, so that I can then take those principles and apply it and when I'm making decisions for the workforce. That will inform me on how our policies need to be written. Okay, the flexibility and the agility in those. That informs me about how our programs and offerings in HR need to work. Not only do I need to have learning and professional development for people who are out in the field and in the community, I have to make sure that I have it for a, a workforce that are sales and marketing and product development people and digital and all those different things. So you have to know every aspect of the business and then put a framework around that for the work that you're doing that complements, not suppresses, complements and enhances the core business and the core work of the organization. And that's what helps me try to punch and make sure that that mission is working all the time. So I want to pause and let the happily ever employed audience know that first of all you have just given them liquid gold now verbal gold rather but on top of what you just dropped that was verbal gold you drop a verbal diamond in there that can be the crux of their success you said i went to the provost and said can you teach me how we make our money yes that question is a game changer. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure that completely changed your provost's mind about who you were, how you were, and what benefit you were going to bring to their organization. Because as a business leader, when someone says, I care about how we make money, mm -hmm. I, I instantly know, wait a minute, they care about this organization because this organization doesn't run without money, even in higher education or nonprofits. I was working with a nonprofit professional client of mine and she said, well, Titra, we're not for profit. And I said, yeah, but you're not for loss either. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we still have to make this place run and operate. So that was a verbal diamond, being able to go to your leadership and demonstrating in a simple question, can you teach me how we make our money? I know that Marjorie Powell, SVPE and Chief HR Officer at AARP is over here dropping gems, but this is the end of part one. The good news is come back for part two, same time, same station to get the rest of these gems that Marjorie Powell is dropping. I promise you, you do not want to miss part two because it only gets better. I appreciate you for listening to Happily Ever Employed. Don't just change your life, change your friend's life and make sure to share this podcast. You can find me at Deetra Giles on Facebook or D-U-G-I-L-E-S on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me, you can reach me at D-U-G-I-L-E-S at execuprep.com. That's E-X-E-C-U-P-R-E-P.com. And remember, I love you with my whole heart area. So go out, be great, unapologetically, and on purpose.